Escape from Camp Run for Your Life. Hey Roaches, I'm Todd Tondera, and welcome to my audio thrifting diary. I scour secondhand stores searching for interesting artifacts, useful unusuals, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, and good garbage. Each week for the show, I take a guest secondhand shopping. After we gather a thrift haul, we record an episode based on our findings. I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? This is not a protest song, and this is not a protest podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Toddy, host of Thrifty Podcast. Thanks for downloading the show. Uh, pretty cool episode today. Before we get into that and introducing the guest, I want to give a last thank you to everybody who voted Thrifty Podcast as best podcast in Pittsburgh via the city paper in 2019 so if you're listening for the first time today based on that welcome to the roach coach uh settle down and uh sit with us for a bit and hear us talk about stuff um this week a very special episode joining me for the first time is derek zanetti of the homeless gospel choir yes i sure am how's it going world today was the first day that we've actually hung out and we through our thrifting adventure today in the car we found out we're kind of like-minded in some ways we might even be best pals now yeah um so i i think it's official so what we did today is we went around um we both live in western pennsylvania and we went around to some of derek's old haunts we went to some of derek's new haunts that uh creating some uh stop motion video so we wanted to stop at some places to get uh stuff for that but the Homeless Gospel Choir, for those unfamiliar, Derek, uh, it's a, a band put together. It talks a lot about mental health, about politics. Um, you have five albums. Is that correct? Five full-length albums? Um, the, the fourth one will be coming out. Uh, will be the next one. Will, will be number four. Yeah. The first time, and, I, and I've shared this with you before we went live, um, the first time that I was introduced to your music, you were uh, opening up a show in Pittsburgh, PA, for listener and also 68 and you open up the show and i felt you very you were very engaging and as you performed you really look at your audience and we met eyes and i felt like we met eyes for like 15 seconds and i was like whoa this dude's serious and then you came down into the crowd and you started to perform so i was like i could definitely fuck with this yeah. So how long has Homeless Gospel Choir been, like, uh, I guess you could say, your, your, your baby, your project? Um, in, in 2009, I started to travel around and play songs outside of the city of Pittsburgh and started to make it more of a focus of the thing that I wanted to spend most of my time doing. And I was fortunate enough that in that early um, 
days of me doing it. Um, there were some bands who liked what I was up to and wanted to show my songs to some of the people who like their music too. And I got to tour with bands like Listener and like uh, before it was 68, The Chariot yep. and uh, bands like that. And they would take me out on the road and I would play in front of their, their the people who like their music too. And I've been doing, I did that. Uh, 2009 is whenever I first started to do it. So it's been 10 years this mm-hmm. year. And um, as we were kind of doing the mic check, uh, before the show, that's what I said. I was like, you've probably endured so many different mic checks over your... <laughs> Countless hundreds. <laughs> um, some of them are really easy, and you just go, check, check, one, two, and they're like, you sound, you, your voice sounds like absolute silk gold. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you're up there hollering and barking into it for 20 minutes and making yourself go hoarse, and it still sounds like shit. So, you know, you were so <laughs> gentle with me, Toddy. Thank you for such a kind and, and, and gentle... Uh, microphone check oh yeah and and i am not a musician now i sometimes make beats and i do like a little hip-hop kind of stuff like that but it's sort of like uh uh yeah it's sort of just for like the purposes of comedy just to kind of go along with everything else i do so when i'm at live shows especially like punk shows stuff like that you're familiar with being in the crowd for a mic check or like a sound check i guess you could say it's always very interesting to me because i only know what's going on on stage because i've been to a lot of different shows so i know what the whole vibe is but a lot of the times i like i for for absolutely certain 50% if not more of the shows after the first song, you hear uh, who's ever singing, like maybe the vocalist or somebody up, just like point to the monitor and go like up. It needs up. No, keep going up. And that's like every show. Sure. So break that down for me. Is that just you just can't hear anything up there? <laughs> well, it's it's definitely set for different different folk, whoever whoever wants certain things. Um, me, I, my my greatest weakness is being able to stay in time. Because I get so excited and I want to play my guitar so fast that sometimes I want to play it so fast that I completely derail and lose track of the song. So for me, I need to have the drums as loud as they possibly can in my monitor so that I know where to play. Keep time. I know how the songs go. I already know that they're awesome. I don't need to hear my voice in the monitor. So I'm like, (laughs) let me hear the drummers so I can at least holler these lyrics super duper loud so people can hear them. But, um, yeah, some people, A, like the sound of their own voice, and B, they do need to hear themselves back over top of the rest of the racket just so that they know they're either singing in key or, like, they're in tune. Luckily for me, I play punk rock, so whether I sing it real pretty or I can scream it super out, super Depending loud, on the tour date. Depending on where <laughs> we happen to be and, you know, what your Lucky charm suit mix is going to be today. Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just give it to you the best way that I can. And the Homeless Gospel Choir has a tour coming up next month. Um, you're on tour with John Snodgrass and, and Mikey Erg. Yeah. And um, I, I believe we talked a little bit about that, too. You're starting in Chicago, ending in Cincinnati. Um, I'm assuming you're pretty excited for it. I sure am. I haven't been out to play acoustic shows um, in the U.S. In, in almost about a year. And um, the Ergs are doing a big reunion show at um, at Riot Fest. Cool. And we just had a conversation about what it would look like to just get in a car with some buds and play some gigs on the way home from that. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be like a 10-day little run with um, 
Mikey Erg and John Snodgrass and myself, and we're we're renting a car in Pittsburgh, and we're driving out, and we're doing we're we're, we're staying with so our friends. So it's gonna everybody. You just staying like is one car you're traveling around. Oh yeah, we're just, that's cool in punk rock as fuck, yeah, dude. Yeah. We're just like <laughs> I'm chill with that. We're like just gonna. I think it's gonna be like a, we rented the car for like twelve days, and it's like two hundred and ninety dollars. The Nissan Sentra, and we're just gonna like drive and share driving responsibilities, and then just like we have friends in every city, so we'll just like hang out at their house and sleep on their couches and then go up and go to the next place and just like just do some buddy shit being uh, a part of the punk scene um we're kind of both in our 30s and obviously you're a musician in the punk scene i'm not so you have a a better read on everything but like attempting to be punk rock in your 30s sometimes isn't easy but other times it's pretty cool (laughs) it's always cool when you get to choose the life that you get i'm very privileged and fortunate that i get to choose to be a 36 year old who plays punk rock music for a living yeah i feel like i hit the lottery and like yeah my my partner and i like to go out on tour together but um she only likes to go on whenever we call them hotel tours where like every night there's a hotel and there's catering and like super fancy stuff mm-hmm. but like when i'm sleeping at my friend's house in his apartment with his three dogs like don't want to go <laughs> Lindsay's not into it so like my other two dirtball friends, Mikey Erg and John Snodgrass, are totally down to like go to bed smelling like a foot and like sharing just, the same bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like we just wanted to do some like super, you know, some some just low budget touring in a car together as buddies and make some memories. And we just decided to book it. And um, what other like stops are there? Because I know as we mentioned, you're starting in Chicago, Cincinnati. What other cities uh, are you it hitting? Starts in Chicago, Detroit, Fort Wayne, South Bend. Um, we're playing Milwaukee, uh, Minneapolis, um, Omaha, Kansas City. I've never been to Minneapolis, but I mean, of those cities you listed, I haven't been to a few of those. But one of them is Minneapolis. Have you ever been to Minneapolis? I've, it's always been an interest to me. So tell me about Minneapolis. It's it's I love I love Minneapolis pretty good. Um, it's it's um, uh, it's cold there a lot. They have a lot of really great record shops up there. Um, that I like to hit up and go to. Whenever I used to be a uh, an omnivore, um, there's a, they make these Juicy Lucy cheeseburgers Ooh. where the American cheese is inside of the burger and it like cooks into this molten lava. Like magic. Yes, and mm-hmm. I would go there and get Juicy Lucy cheeseburgers. Uh, my friend Lucas lives up there, so I would always stay um, uh, with him and his and his partner too. Shout out Lucas. Shout out to Lucas. <laughs> Lucas. Lucas is um, next time I'm I'm in Minneapolis. He's going to be in Europe for the first time, so we're going to miss each other for the first time ever. But there's a lot of really great bands, and there's a really good punk scene up in Minneapolis, and a lot of bands that I um, like and admire and respect came from there. And um, yeah, I love Minneapolis. It's great. A lot of cool thrift stores. A lot of cool weirdo punk shit that happens all the time it's great yeah and uh the the last record that uh i was fortunate enough to listen to you put out normal in 2017 and from what i understand you're working on your uh your next project well your next album i I should say um i have a new record that is written and recorded and is being mixed and mastered at this very particular moment um all the art's getting made for it and um it will be out in the very near future very cool. And you could check out Derek Zanetti, the Homeless Gospel Choir, the Homeless Gospel Choir.bandcamp.com. Is there any other place that you would want people to check out your music? 
You can go to um, the World Wide Web at www.thehomelessgospelchoir.com. Um, you can go on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. There's information on all of those outlets as well. And also, too, I, I am doing um, individual dreams for people, too, where I can I can get inside of your dreams while you're sleeping and I can sing you a song. That's um, pretty cool. It's I know a lot of people aren't doing it on the internet. I think only me and Kanye West are the only two people that are offering this type of a service. But um, we're, we have some very special prices available for uh, dream songs. Where it's I a can, unique service and that you could provide through the Homeless Gospel Choir. I do come into your house in the middle of the night, and there's a key, and I just I just from just just from your doorway, mm-hmm. I just sing you a song. Cool. cool. Um, it's it is an expensive service, but like I said, we do have coupons on the website at www.thehomelessgospelchoir.com. You can go right to the website and click discount, and then you can uh, um, it'll all sort itself out. Yeah. Um, and for a little extra dough, would you actually um, uh, tuck anybody in? I, I I will get a glass of water. Okay. But there is no touching. There is no. I don't touch any sheets. I don't touch any pillows. I don't rub any feet. Put any slippers on. Nothing like glass that. Glass of water and a guitar. This is this is the most you'll get is if you can pay for the you can pay for the premium package. And all it really is is I give you a cold glass of water. We will be hitting up our thrift hall. Now, being from Western Pennsylvania, um, probably listeners uh, to the show, past listeners, know that um, I used to go thrifting a lot with my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather, I'd spend a lot of summers with him. Um, we'd go out to different thrift stores, flea marts, stuff like that. And one of the thrift stores that we used to go to is actually one of the thrift stores that we visited today. Now, uh, earlier, I think it was like earlier in the summer or like late spring, I had also went to this thrift store, but it was the first time that I went there since I was a kid. So this is actually the second time that I went there since I was a kid, and it seems like to, to, to be one of your favorites uh, because that's where you went as a kid. It, I have always been a fan of, like, plaid button-up shirts because my grandfather had plaid button-up shirts that he would wear all the time. And um, you can go ahead. They This particular thrift store gets a lot of dead people stuff. Yep. So, like, once you die, they come and they clean out your closet and they put all that stuff in on their racks or whatever. So I was getting all these, like, super amazing vintage like Levi's button-up pearl button shirts and, you know, yeah, cowboy pearl button shirts, yeah. western styles and, like, regular plaid shirts for, like, a dollar and two dollars. And, you know, my parents were very strict on a budget whenever I was a kid because they didn't have a whole ton of money. And, like, my dad would say, you got 15 bucks to get a pair of school shoes. And the only place you can go is either to, like, Kmart and get a pair of Bobos or – you can go to the thrift store and hopefully somebody got rid of their Reeboks or their Adidas shoes and you could so snag you could, them up for yeah. 10 or 15 and bucks. You, I, I remember being that age too. And yeah, kind of similar. We, we, we always didn't have like the most money. And when I'd go to thrift stores and like, cause what was cool in my grade school was like the bangers, like the Nikes, like uh, the Reeboks. And I wouldn't even go Fila too much, but it was like all this like, expensive shoes that all these rich kids were getting and i wasn't a rich kid but i went to school with rich kids so it was like you know just kind of like a trickle down economic system i couldn't get what they would get and uh this one christmas i got a pair of like brand new filas that my grandma bought me they were super expensive i'd say upwards of 80 90 dollars and i was like finally i got new shoes i didn't have to go to the thrift store to get them and then i wore them and they were like, that's Fila. And I was like, yeah. They're like, it's not Nike. You're still not, like, you're still not cool. I want you to know that. And I'm just like, 
that fucking sucks because like had I known I still wouldn't have been cool, we would have been looking at other stuff. Sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so with uh, the thrift haul today, uh, it's something that I hit you up about before uh, the show went underway to see if you had any specific memories or anything like that. Luckily, you did. What we're going to be looking at is uh, R.L. Stein's Goosebump books today. Giant fan. Giant fan myself. And this is the Give Yourself Goosebumps Stories. So for those unfamiliar with Goosebumps, Goosebumps is a series of children's horror fiction novels by R.L. Stein, the, the big guy. Um, they, the, he did books from, well, he did Goosebump books from 1992 to 1997, and uh, they were published under the uh, title of uh, Scholastic Books. And the books spawned a television series and merchandise. So it was a whole sort of like mid to late 90s spooky fad that us spooky kids were, were looking into. And the Give Yourself Goosebump stories uh, was kind of a, a spinoff of the Goosebump books. All the books in the series are, are actually out of print except for Don't Feed the Vampire, which you could still buy. So all the books we're going to be going over um, are out of print. But... Um, all, all books are, are basically merely novels with branching plots rather than simply from beginning to end. The reader is told to turn to a certain page at the bottom of the current page they're reading. So it's a choose-your-own-adventure, choose-your-own-ending, that type of thing. And if the reader makes poor choices, the book may come to a quote-unquote bad ending that will feature a horrid fate for the main character, which is you. So what we have here, and I'll pass them around. We have six different books here. We have Beware of the Purple Peanut Butter, Under the Magician's Spell, Welcome to the Wicked Wax Museum, The Creepy Creations of Professor, Professor Shock, Attack of the Beastly Babysitter, or Escape from Camp Run for Your Life. So as you kind of look through those, uh, tell me what you think about the covers or any memories you have of watching Goosebumps or reading Goosebumps. I remember watching the television show. Um, I can remember, I was really into Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark? We weren't allowed to celebrate Halloween when I was a kid. My parents were like super duper conservative and we we were a part of this church where we weren't allowed to like have Halloween and whatever. But like I snuck it. A private Halloween. I had my own personal Halloween inside my mind all the time. It's like, (laughs) oh, I can't wait to be gothic. Um, (laughs) And like I can remember sneaking and reading Goosebumps books and watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? And like it was on like a Friday night like Nickelodeon thing. So my parents would like know that we were watching it, but didn't really intervene necessarily sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But I can remember whenever I was super young, like reading these and getting like scared and like choose your own adventure puts you in control of the story too, which I really liked. Like I liked to know how it was going and that I had some like say and control in it. You know what I mean? And also with the Goosebump series that R.L. Stein put together, there was no on panel, I guess you could say, like 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 comic book wise, like there was no on panel or on page deaths. Mm-mm. And with these choose your own adventure stories, you do come to pretty grim fates that do sort of re- result in your death. So um, that that's also out there. But are you afraid of the dark? I was a huge fan too. And those were pretty scary and some still are. I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> some still are. There was a there was one episode I can remember about a man looking for a talisman 
and he was like, I must find this talisman. And he appears to the main character through like a dining room window and he's just, his face is just in the dining room window. I ran through my dining room my parents' dining room as a kid all the time. Like, I wouldn't look at the windows. Like, I was like, I know that fucker is out there and he's out to get <laughs> me. I'm not looking. And, like, I would, like, I'd even, like, put, like, a shield against the Can't left side of my no, hand. No, no, when no. I, when I, like, you know, you're not going to get today, me. Not today, Satan. <laughs> no way. You're not going to get me. Yeah. Um, I love the – I just love how elementary the art is on the front cover. Like, it's super cheesy. Mm-hmm. Like – it is right on the nose. There it's is exactly no, what you're looking for. Yeah, there is no uh, second guessing what you're looking at. It's exactly what you see as the title, the exact picture. And those were made by, those were uh, drawn by Tim Jacobus. So I know a little bit about my goosebump facts. Those are Tim Jacobus. But I thought, Derek, what we can do is yes. relive both of our childhoods and choose our own adventure with one of those books. So I will be reading it. You'll be choosing uh, the steps we take. What book do you want to go out of those six? Escape from Camp Run for Your Life. Sick. Cool. And uh, the collection of Goosebump books that we're looking at today, some of them on uh, somewhere written is the name Stephen Cole. So on the top of those books over there, like on the top uh, where, where the pages are, this is Stephen Cole's collection. So thank you to Stephen Cole. Stephen Cole, thank you so much for keeping your books in such nice condition and, and available at a, such a nice discounted price for us to be able to enjoy today in the future. Absolutely. So we're looking at R.L. Stein, Give Yourself Goosebumps, Reader Beware, You Choose the Scare, Escape from Camp Run for Your Life. And on the back it says, On Your Mark, Get Set, Scream. Heads up. You're on your way to sports camp. If only Uncle Ed could find the place. He's the lamest driver ever. A sign up ahead says Camp Running Leaf. Hey, that's not the name of the camp you signed up for, but Uncle Ed is already driving away. Oh, well, Running Leaf is a sports camp too. Isn't that why the campers call it Camp Run for Your Life? So that's the the back. I'm already, I already have goosebumps. Yes, and that's... You're, you're right in the, the market. So this book was made in 1997, and we will start off by reading page one. All right, you say to yourself, ten minutes ago it looked as if you were facing another boring day at home. All the kids in your neighborhood are away at summer camp. All but you. Your parents decided to take you on a family vacation instead, to your grandparents' farm. Boring... But your mom and dad just got an urgent call to join a dig for dinosaur bones in Mongolia. So parents are in Mongolia uh, digging up dinosaur bones. And if you remember the show, parents were always like not around or incredibly successful in ways that real parents weren't. Not my real parents. (laughs) My parents have never dug dinosaur bones in Mongolia. So anyway, they're leaving in the morning. We'll be away for a month, your mom says. Sorry, sweetie, but you'll you'll have to send yourself to Camp Pendleton after all. I guess I'll live, you reply, hiding your grin. Pendleton is a sports camp. You love sports. You wanted to go to Camp Pendleton ever since your Uncle Ed told you about it. It's got the latest equipment and the best coaches. You quickly call Uncle Ed with the good news. He promises to take care of your arrangements. He'll even drive you there, Derek. The next morning, Uncle Ed arrives. Your parents are rushing around, getting ready to leave. They kiss you goodbye and remind you to be careful. Don't worry about me, you reply. 
what could go wrong on the bottom it says nothing right turn to page two so we're safe so far okay so how are you feeling about camp pendleton and what it may offer us as uh you are a sports fan it looks like it makes me feel so uneasy to know the uncertainty of the two options. Mm-hmm. I have to get on. I, I, this is begging me to page two. I'm psyched, you announce as you slide into Uncle Ed's station wagons. You're, you're going to have a great time, Uncle Ed declares. Your uncle usually doesn't talk much about himself. You aren't even sure what he does for a living, but you do know that you like sports. That's what you talk about on the way to Camp Pendleton, only it's taking forever to get there. It's out in the boondocks. All the roads here look the same. You stop for a snack. Uncle Ed makes a quick phone call. When he starts the car again, he pulls out onto the road, going in the wrong direction. Uncle Ed, you say, I think you're going the wrong way. Nah, Uncle Ed says, I've got a great sense of direction. You spot an old man in front of a lone house in the woods. Pull over, Uncle Ed, you urge. Let's ask. Sports camp, the old man frowns. There's a camp about a mile away from here. I don't know if it's any sports camp. He gives Uncle Ed instructions to get there. If you pass the gas station, you know you've gone too far. See, I told you I knew where I was going, Uncle Ed says. A minute later, Uncle Ed turns down a dirt road. He pulls up to a military-looking gatehouse, a big sign that says, Welcome to Camp Running Leaf. Huh? Where's Camp Pendleton, you cried. Uncle Ed only shrugs. He doesn't seem very upset. A beefy guy with a crew cut and a white shirt and a whistle around his neck approaches. I'm Coach Rex, he says. Are you a new camper? No, I'm looking for Camp Pendleton, you answer. Coach Rex clears his throat. Uh, this was Camp Pendleton. A new owner just took over and changed the name to Running Leaf. So is that okay to you? You say goodbye to Uncle Ed. He shakes hands with Coach Rex. Work this youngster hard, he orders. Oh, I'm a slave driver, Coach Rex answers with a chuckle. Fuck, that's fucked up. (laughs) He says, I'm a slave driver. Yikers. Coach Rex and Uncle Ed laugh like two old friends. So we're on to page four. And I think page four is going to be where we we decide to choose our own adventure after this page. So how are you feeling? So you've arrived at Camp Pendleton, but it seems like this isn't the Camp Pendleton that you always wanted to go to as a sports fan. And then you got that coach just trying to just lure you right on in. Uh, there, there definitely seems to be some nefarious uh, uh, you know, undercurrent here that, it, you know. And he's a big, beefy guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing subtle racism, you know. <laughs> I have no time for it. Yeah, I don't either. Okay, page four. Coach Rex leads you to a cabin. He points out an empty bunk, and you drop your stuff on it. Think you're a hotshot athlete, he shouts. Surprise, you stutter. No, um, I, I just like sports. Coach Rex barks. <laughs> uh, we don't put up with wimps here. He gives you the once-over. You don't look very strong. Uh, you thought you were in pretty decent shape, but... Let's arm wrestle, he demands. What's his problem? He seemed so friendly a minute ago. I didn't think so. You sit at the opposite side of the table. Coach Rex pins your arm in an instant. He looks disappointed. Kid, you don't have what it takes, he announces. But you will. And soon. 
It sounds more like a threat than a promise. Suddenly, Coach Rex brightens. The first thing for you to do is to choose one of the two events to take part in. One event is an overnight hike and a fossil hunt in the woods around the camp. You love camping. Sounds cool. The other event is called Selection. It's a series of athletic events. The winner gets a special prize. So, Derek, which are you going to choose? If you pick the hike, turn to page 78. If you pick Selection, turn to page 125. What's going through your head? Selection, 125. Selection you're going with. Okay, so you're going uh, out on a limb here. You aren't uh, you aren't taking the the road more traveled. Mm -mm. All right, one twenty-five. I'll do the selection. You tell Coach Rex. Coach Rex smiles. Good. Maybe you'll go far after all, and I mean far. He starts chuckling as he's as if he's made a big joke. You laugh politely. Now the coach gets serious. The selection is tough. If you're going to win, he says, you need strength. And that means a big breakfast. Come on down to the chow hall. So I guess that's like the camp, like that's like... Cafeteria. Cafeteria, the chow hall. Uh, the coach takes you to a big cafeteria where other kids are eating breakfast. Everyone stares at you when you walk in. Relatable. Um, then they go to back to eating their breakfast. Each kid has a big pile of eggs. They quietly scarf down their food. No one's talking much. You notice a mountain bike in a glass case on the wall. It's top of the line, and it's brand new. Sunlight gleams on its blue carbon fiber frame. That must be a special prize for winning selection, you think. Cool. Now you really want to win. Go to page 40 next. So how are you feeling? You pick selection. <clears throat> it looks like there could be a mountain bike up for grabs, Derek. But also, seems like the kids aren't too happy about you. No, and they just seem to be eating their eggs. There was no, no, hey, you're the new kid. Can we welcome you? It seemed to be very cold and like chow hall, you know, maybe maybe <laughs> have like a, maybe a militant type of uh, behavior to them that makes me feel a little uneasy. And I also thought it's kind of weird. Coach Rex seemingly an adult asks you to uh, do an arm wrestling match and with a kid and you're like I guess and then you just get you know you lose because you are a kid <laughs> okay so page 40 you get your pile of eggs topped by toast as as you search for an empty seat you see someone you know from home hey Pat you exclaim you sit down next to a thin fast talking child again relatable <laughs> he lives a few blocks from you. You're glad to see a familiar face. Hi, Pat. I, I, I just got here a couple days ago. Most of the kids have already been here a few weeks. He hasn't touched his eggs. He tells you, I'm not hungry. You notice he looks kind of sick. He's pale, and his eyes have dark circles under them. Well, I'm starved, you announced. You plunge your fork into your eggs and lift it up to your mouth. Your hand suddenly freezes. Whoa. The egg yolks are blue. Oh, my goodness. What could that possibly mean? Alien intervention. Yeah? You think that's what the selection could be about? I can only hope. It, it, it is called Escape from Camp Run for Your Life. It's not the running leap that they said. So we're going back to page 10. Let's flip on back here. I mean, this really does lure you in. I mean, if I, yeah. you know, if it wasn't for the Internet, I would just sit and read R.L. Stein all day long. Mm-hmm. 
So this page, I will say there are three different conclusions to this. So there's a choice of three things that you have to pick from. Okay. But I'll read the page first. Okay. Your mouth snaps shut. What's with the blue eggs, you demand? Just then a voice comes over the loudspeaker. It's, it's Coach Rex. Eat up, campers. The selection is coming, and your eggs are packed with protein you'll need. You ask Pat, are you going to eat your eggs? He shakes his head. No way. He picks up a piece of toast and nibbles on it. Your eye, you eye your eggs. You don't normally eat blue food, except for blue M&Ms, of course. Who doesn't eat blue M&Ms? But you don't want to act differently from everyone else, especially on your first day. Blue eggs, should you eat them or get rid of them? Or use them to start a food fight. That was like a little turn there we didn't see coming. You thought you were a good boy, but you might be throwing around some blue eggs. If you eat the eggs, turn to page 64. If you hide them in your napkin, turn to page 94. If you throw them at the kid across the table from you, turn to page 39. Uh, 94, page 94. So you're going to hide the eggs in the napkin because you're not eating no blue eggs. No chance. What do you think are in those blue eggs? There has to be some sort of tracker or a tracer in there where you eat them and then they control you from the inside. Some sort of like a metallic, liquid blue metallic thing that they put inside of the eggs so that they can manipulate your body via magnets. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a possible outcome for this. So page 94, uh, you have selected that you want to hide the eggs. Yes, for certain. You check to make sure no one is looking, then you casually put your napkin on the top of your eggs, fold them inside, and slip it under the table. A second later, you hear a voice behind you. I saw that. You freeze. It's Coach Rex. No. Yes, he's here, and he might want to arm wrestle you again. Let's Fuck. see. Rex points at another camper and barks. You spit out your eggs. Don't let it happen again. The camper is a tough-looking kid with a black buzz cut. He nods. You let out a sigh of relief as Rex walks away. He didn't see you hide the eggs. He was talking to the other boy. Who's the guy who didn't eat the eggs, you ask Pat. His name's Brad, Pat answers. Uh, a, a bugle blows uh, sounds. The campers rise as one and all march to the door uh, to see neat file to see neat files like a filing cabinet. No one talks, no horseplay. You know what I call camp running leave, Pat whispers to you. Camp run for your life. You grin at his joke. Pat doesn't smile back. Turn to page 106. So we found on our uh, camping trip, we have found that our, our friend from back home, Pat, is there. He looks to be sick, and he's not having a good time. And he's not eating those eggs. No. So there is there is some... Um, a, a small revolution of people who don't eat eggs, and it seems like that the conclusion of that doesn't seem like... Um, There's a punishment for it. Yeah, yeah. But so, they are nibbling on the toast, which makes me think they're getting a little bit of nutrients, but if it's just Wonder Bread, mm -hmm. you might... That's why Pat's all pale, because he's just been eating bread for days. Okay, so this page... I'm on the edge of my seat. This page here, at the bottom, it has two different ways we could go for Choose Your Own Adventure. So page 106, outside, Coach Rex announces, fun time is over. He stares at the campers. You've eaten your eggs. You should be ready. The selection is about to begin. And remember, the winner gets a very special prize. Rex checks his watch. All athletes who think they are worthy report to the stadium right now. 
You're not going to do it, are you, Pat whispers. Of course I am, you reply. You, pract you practically droll thinking of the new mountain bike gleaming that you saw in the cafeteria. It must be the prize. Coach Rex claps his hands. Let's go. You join the eerily silent stream of campers heading for the stadium. The other campers may be stronger, but you, you want that bike more than they do. The coaches are waiting for you at the end of the field. Listen up, people, Coach Rex bellows. The selection runs like this. The athlete with the most points at the end gets a special prize. For the first event, you could choose between hurdles and swimming. What are you good at? Do you want to jump hurdles, or would you rather go swimming? If you choose hurdles, turn to page 95. If you choose swimming, 63. Hurdles or swimming as a part of your first event for this selection. Swimming. Swimming. Now, in real life, are you, uh, do you swim? I like to just have fun in the pool. I wouldn't call myself a swimmer. Um, I do like to go up, you know, I'll, 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 I'll dip my head underneath it a couple times. I, I don't like to be in there for very long, even whenever you're in a nice hotel pool. I jump in, take a couple of, take a couple of dips, 15 minutes, I'm out. Mm -hmm. So you haven't done this trying to be the best athlete at camp before. I, I, think, I think an ending in the pool would be more um, sensational. Than hurdles, possibly. Yes. So let's see, we're on page 63. Let's swim, you suggest to Pat. I hate swimming, Pat complains. I'm going to do hurdles. Okay, you shrug. Good luck. Privately, you're a little relieved to see Pat go. He seems so gloomy. You're ready for some fun and some sports. The swimming coach, Carla, orders the swimmers to follow her. As you head to the water, a voice behind you calls out, Hey, loser, get out of my way. You turn around, and it's that Brad kid with the buzz cut. The other one who didn't eat his eggs just like you. He struts past you. The gold is mine, he sneers. The rest of you are fighting for the silver. Brad is one obnoxious dude. You don't much like him, but he's got spirit, unlike the other campers. You think, neither of us ate the blue eggs. Is there a connection? Brad's nose wrinkles as you get closer to the water. What's that smell, he demands. Yuck, it smells like a giant dump of rotten eggs. What could be causing it? We're going to find out on page 120, Derek. So this is a pretty good tale. So far, you're, uh, you're at some type of camp that used to be the sports camp that you liked. Now it's something else. Something's going on with the eggs. Some of them are blue. It might be a mind control thing. And you've chose swimming as your part of your selection. How do you feel so far about the story and how it's going to end? I'm well, I'm, I, um, the train's moving, and I'm just along with it. I feel great. Mm-hmm. Page 120. The smell comes from the lake you're about to swim in. Coach Carla announces, swimmers line up. The 400-meter swamp swim will begin in 30 seconds. The longer you wait, the hungrier the alligators get. Alligators, your heart thumps. Brad looks wor worried too, but none of the other campers seem troubled. They do what they're told. They must know what Coach Carla is a kidder, you'd think. You gaze down at the murky water. Bubbles come up from under the surface. Big bubbles. Swimmers, on your mark. For a moment, you think about skipping this event. Then you remember the gleaming new mountain bike. You bend your knees, thrust your arms, get set. Bang. Dive in on page 124. So we're swimming with alligators, it seems. And big alligators from the size of the bubbles. Yes. You hit the water hard. Then you take a few strokes underwater. You come up grasping for air. The water is thick with mud and vegetation. It feels as though you landed in a bowl of pudding. 
You swim hard, trying to block out the putrid smell. Sputtering and gasping for air, you lift your head. Brad is ahead. You plow on, trying to catch him. Then you hear a cry. You see a pair of arms grasping for help above the water. And then they disappear under the water. No. Oh, no. One of the other kids is in trouble. What are you going to do? Dive in the muck to save the kid who went under? Or should you get help from Coach Carla? So a kid is gone down. If you dive down to help the kid, page 37. If you swim back to Coach Carla, page 11. So are we trying to help? Are we trying to swim? Are we saving ourselves? page 11 you get out of there so you're not worried about this kid i don't know that kid but i do know coach carla is in the other direction and i gotta go i can't i can't be around for this i'm sorry about your bad luck but i gotta figure out something else for myself you want to you you may want that mountain bike you want that for yourself maybe and you know there's stuff going on maybe alligators so you're just getting out of dodge I think the mountain bike's even too far out of my mind now. I'm like, wait a second. They're asking me to swim in this poo-scented mud with these alligators? <laughs> and maybe a egg dump of some sort? Yes. Okay, so page 11. You do a fast U-turn and return to the shore. Coach Carla, help you cry. One of the kids went down. Carla comes to the edge of the water. We've got it under control, she snaps. Don't worry about the other competitors. Just worry about winning the race. Now get moving. Confused, you start back through the soupy water. If they got it under control, why are there rescue boats? Then you start thinking, what if something pulled that kid under the water? Something alive. Something hungry. Like an alligator. Know what? That's exactly what happened. The thing is, one kid isn't nearly enough for a hungry alligator. A hungry alligator is going to look for a second helping. And you look pretty tasty. So you're, so you're second from helping. But don't take it too hard. After all, you're a ways away from everyone else. And you can't help the others. In fact, there's a name for kids like you. Gatorade. The end. How about that tale for yourself, Derek? So you did not escape from Camp Run for your life. You never found out what the eggs were about. You picked selection, and you got eaten by an alligator. I knew that that was always a part of the equation, that that was always a chance for that to happen to me, and I, and I rolled the dice, and I went with it anyway. Um, I was on the edge of my seat all the way till the very end. I still thought there was hope for me. Now, when I read these books, like when I read them growing up, I don't believe that I ever found an ending. Like, I'm, there's good endings, but I never picked the one. So I would do a like a cheater thing. Like I would flip to a page, and then if I saw the end at the bottom, like they show, I'd be like, no, 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 go the other one. Sure. And I still always died. Um, I like the long play myself. I like to make sure that I get all the way to the end. I want to feel secure, even if it's into my own demise. I just don't want to be cut short. I feel FOMO is very, very real when it comes to choose your own adventure books for me. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, you ended up Gatorade in our Goosebumps series. So that was part of our thrift haul. But we also got some uh, other stuff to showcase. And one thing that I definitely wanted to talk about, as uh, you have uh, collected uh, cassette tapes for quite some time, and this being the first time in your zone, I had no idea how many cassette tapes you have. But as a longtime thrifter, how did that kind of come about for yourself? Well, I it started off very, very slow. And I would just go to places and I would see albums and I would 
records that I've always wanted that I would have paid a lot of money on vinyl for, but I would see them for 99 cents or 50 cents or 25 cents, and I would go ahead and pick up um, the Cure show album, or I would pick up um, uh, a Willie Nelson tape or a Bruce Springsteen tape or Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and then sometimes you'd get real lucky and find some REM tapes, or you would find you know Lou Reed or Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. and I would go ahead and I would just start collecting them and finding them for really, really, really cheap. So this has been a, a like a long time thing. This isn't like a newer thing or anything. For a few years, I've been I've been at it. Yeah, yeah, that that's really cool. Just looking over the tapes, I see like Fugazi, I see the B fifty twos, I see Billy Bragg, I see the Dead Milkman who fucking rule. Um, I see they might be giants, Beastie Boys. I actually had a lead on Dr. Dre's two thousand one on cassette. Guy wanted forty bucks for it. That's a not a very good price. That's a very <laughs> high price for me to say. And so somebody had posted it online, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what could it be?" You know, and I was, and he was just like forty bucks with shipping, and I was like, "I guess not. I guess I don't want that as much as I thought I wanted that." Um, but yeah, that's that's your tape collection. And and what all did you collect today when we were uh, out and about at the thrift stores? Um, I was able to go ahead and get two items that I have been wanting. Uh, well, I got a number of things that I needed. Um, but when we went to the American Thrift Center in West Mifflin, a Duquesne Village shopping center, which is the thrift store that my mom would always take me to whenever I was younger, um, I got this book called Sunday in America. Seventy-five f- photographers celebrate faith and family. And I've been working on some um, some collage work, and I've been working on making some flyers with existing art. And this is a large book, like maybe like a 15 by 11 inch um, book, hardback. Um, and it has these big, huge, giant photos of people. Praying um, by dinner tables. Mostly <laughs> white Americans. In some sort of an evangelical world. There's people raising of their hands. There's people crying. There's people teaching Sunday school. There's people having a home group. It looks like there's some people really hooping and hollering in some sort of a Pentecostal manner. Um, uh, You know, people having like a potluck on a Sunday. Um, It looks like there might even be some like nice community service type Things. There's some people being nice to a cop. Christians love cops. <laughs> um, they do. In fact, most of them are cops. <laughs> <laughs> we have um, found the Venn diagram. <laughs> but like Salvation Army bands playing and nuns making pierogies and then kids first communion and then like a circus clown praying for safety while he's um, beating a bull with an iron spike. That's always um, nice. But that you picked that up. Pretty much as soon as we walked into the store, you walked over to the books, and you were like, slam, bam, I'm going to get this. And um, on YouTube, uh, uh, we do thrift haul videos on YouTube, so look up Thrifty Podcast on YouTube. We're still hurting for views there. I'll admit, it has that part hasn't taken off. So, um, But as a part of this week's episode, there is going to be a thrift haul video there as well, so you could check out Derek and I going to different thrift stores. Um, there's a couple extra videos that are going to come out too, because, um, after we record this episode today, a thrifty first, you're buying yourself a van and getting thrifty. Tell us about that. Well, um, once you write a number of 
number one selling hits, and there's mm-hmm. a huge demand for your presence all throughout the nation. The only thing left to do is to buy an automobile, fill it with instruments, fill it with band members, and, and then take the show on the road. Out, get your ass out there. So I've been, I've been, I've been on my thrifty tip for quite some time now, and I've been scouring the internet and local paper to find a tour vehicle worthy of my worthy of my time. And we found a uh, a 15 passenger. 2006 Ford uh, E250 Econoline van, uh, and we found it for a pretty nice price. And we're gonna go down to Route 51 here in a little bit, and I think we're gonna make the most expensive thrifty podcast purchase in the history I, yes. of thrifty thrifty podcasting. Yeah, and so when I first came over, you had pitched this idea that we could do a video about it, and I was like, absolutely, we'll do that. And you take out this 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 wad of cash, and you're just like, I'm ready at any time to do this. And I was like, let's fucking do it. Let's buy a so, van today. Yeah, you threw it in your uh, uh, fanny pack, so we'll be doing that. So make sure you check out the YouTube because that's going to be up there. Um, and then, as I mentioned to you, this episode's up Sunday, so probably around Sunday, Monday, the video will be up as well, too, because got to work on that. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, uh, some of the stuff that we had for our thrift haul. After the episode, we're going to, to go out and buy a, a tour van. But when we come back from commercial break... Derek and I are playing Thrifty Thrivia Trivia, and my questions this week are about goosebumps. So hang in there. See you after the break. What a big, big week to be a PodCoin listener. Unfortunately, last week we had to uh, tape that short episode because we were super busy, so we didn't get to award a PodCoin listener of the week. So this week... I'm going to give two out. This week's PodCoin listeners, plural, of the week. The first one is going to go to Fern, F-E-R-N, all lowercase, because Fern listens to Thrifty on PodCoin and also has an icon that looks to be SpongeBob nervously naked leaning against something. So, Fern, thank you for the SpongeBob avatar. You are one of two PodCoin listeners of the week. The other listener of the week is going to go to Big Greg with two Gs. Big Greg Harrington, uh, PodCoin listener of the week number two because Greg has a witch uh, avatar or icon, whatever you want to call it. So uh, if you want to be PodCoin listener of the week, all you have to do is honestly just have a weird or funny picture as the picture and listen on PodCoin. So Fern... And Greg Harrington, you are PodCoin listeners of the week. Hey, everybody. I really do hope you enjoy listening to Thrifty. But as of now, did you know that you could actually get paid just for listening to Thrifty? I know it sounds weird, but it's true. We just discovered this new free app called PodCoin. And it literally pays you to listen to podcasts, which is something you're already doing. And it works like this. You listen to podcasts on the app and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon for internet fans or Starbucks for coffee fans. Or if you're a good person, you could even donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you got to do. 
Download the app on iPhone or Android and simply use our code THRIFTY and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of us on there, you get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and download the app and you can listen to Thrifty or honestly virtually any podcast on PodCoin. Just sign up with the code THRIFTY or get roached. Back from commercial break, I'm here with Derek Zanetti from the Homeless Gospel Choir. Uh, A long break, we were uh, talking more about Derek's uh, cassette collection and where you came up uh, across your cassette boxes. And uh, you had had asked, what's the most expensive tape that I have bought? Um, I've actually been pretty lucky, and I don't have nearly as many cassette tapes as you, but I probably have about... What, how many do you believe you would have, you I think? I think I probably have close to 1,000. 1,000? Okay. Yeah. I'm somewhere close to, like, 150, I bet. Um, but I got... Once upon a time, um, it's a uh, it's a it's a, a, a label. They're called Anticon, and it was sort of like this uh, weird um, sort of uh, ambient hip hop. And um, if you know the band Why, uh, Yoni yes. Wolf yeah. is yeah did Anticon, and this was like the first Anticon sampler, and I got it for like. 15 16 bucks something like that wow that's great yeah and that is actually like a good deal for that and but yeah i i haven't really got up in your uh like i haven't really gone up in the 20s or in the 30s whoa what is this yoni wolf old dope dope rap tape yeah holy shit what am i looking at he played a show at roboto like three years ago unannounced like two days he was on tour i think he was with serengeti Okay. And there was like Serengeti fucking rules. Yeah, and they were just like, "That's so." I just saw cool. on his Twitter he was like playing a DIY show in Pittsburgh tomorrow, doing some super weird shit. If anyone's down to hang, and like they had this tape mm-hmm. there, and I bought it. It's amazing. It, it samples a lot of stuff off of Elephant Eyelash and Eskimo mm-hmm. Snow, the Y records. There, this yeah. is great. I'll play this for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if you. Yeah, I was just. I didn't know if you know the band. That's why I was just like. I think I have everything they've ever released: seven inch, ten inch, all of it. They're one of my favorite bands. Are they one? I like. It seems like you dig them too. I I am a huge Y fan. Yeah. For sure. Um. Why just uh, uh dropped their their latest record and it's like a six piece like whole thing and it's like super fucking cool. And when Y came through town, they did their alopecia. What was it? Fifteen years or ten years since alopecia. Mm-hmm. I um I was having so much fun. I I uh, was there with my uh, friend, and um like one of our favorite songs from that is uh, Simeon's Dilemma, which is the song at the end. And at the end, I kissed him, and I was just so like emotional that I kissed him, and I was just like, I love you, and he was like, I love you. And I was like, that's fucking cool because we're friends. <laughs> and we're at the Y Show together experiencing this amazing Yeah, because we grew up together. We grew up liking this. We do that. So, like, when our song came on, I was just like, brother, this is – you're home to me, man. Like, he that's and I – Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we enjoyed Yoni, Wolf, and Y that night. So that's cool. That's cool that we kind of have that as well. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, the next segment we're going to call Thrifty Thrivia. Trivia. Check. One, two. Thrifty trivia. Trivia. 
So for new listeners to the show, uh, each week we try to do some trivia here based on our thrift haul. I'm going to be asking multiple choice questions, um, semi-related or related to what we went over in the first half of the show. As I spoiled, these are about goosebumps. So, uh, Derek, I'm going to hit you up with some cool Goosebumps trivia. You I'm, think you can handle it? I'm going to try my best. Cool. Before R.L. Stein embarked on his journey writing Goosebumps, he was a joke writer. He wrote for joke books. What name was he known by then? A. Robert Lawrence. B. Jovial Bob. C. Wacky Waldhorn. Or D, none of the above, none of them. What's your thought process there? A, Robert Lawrence, B, Jovial Bob, C, Wacky Waldhorn, D, none. I lied about all of them. I think A. A, so what is what is your thought process behind A? Well, I, I, th- I, think, um, I think his name might be Robert. Mm-hmm. And I think he would probably just go with the straight Robert Lawrence. Robert Lawrence, okay. R.L. Stein embarked on his journey before writing Goosebumps. He was a joke writer. He went by the name B. Jovial Bob. Jovial Bob. That sounds like a jokester. Yeah. It sounds like a fellow who likes to make a nice joke. And as two like-minded folks that have read Goosebump books, you remember in the Goosebump books, like he would try to add like his own type of like. It wasn't really like dad jokes, but like somebody who felt like they had a good read on what people were into and stuff sure. like that. And um, all those Goosebumps episodes, all the like, even Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like every parent in Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark acted like a ghost. Like they just acted like they were a ghost. Like at any point, you'd be like, the reveal is they're a ghost. So that was just like his type of humor. The next question I have for you. R.L. Stein took ridiculous lengths in appeasing the summer camp story fans, as we had a we had one on the show today. With Goosebumps, he wrote nine camp story books. Which of these is not one of the titles of R.L. Stein's books? A. The Curse of Camp Cold Lake. B. Fright Camp. C, Escape from Horror Camp. D, none of the above, and I made up all of them. So R.L. Stein, which of these is not one of his books? A, The Curse of Camp Cold Lake. B, Fright Camp. C, Escape from Camp Horror. D, none of the above. I would say C, Escape from Camp Horror. C, Escape from Camp Horror. Now, what has you thinking about that? It just makes me feel... It makes me feel like... um, there's too many syllables in it. I think there's. it's too difficult for a kid to pronounce mm-hmm. escape from camp horror. And we um, also just escape from camp run for your life. So yeah. we are, are we escaping from more camps? Who's to know? I think probably, meh, yeah, I'm going to stick with C. Mm-hmm. So R.L. Stein, which of these is not one of his books? A, The Curse of Camp Cold Lake. B, Fright Camp. C, Escape from Horror Camp. D, None of the Above. The correct answer, C. Escape from Horror Camp. Give me a high five. And on this show, one out of two is a passing grade. I love to pass. Uh-huh. Um, I know that I myself was a terrible student 
And if I would get C's, I'd be fine with it. You know, it depends on what you're being taught. But, yeah, a C is good. Yeah, one out of two is great for me. Yeah, I mean, I was your, your, your like, grade A school skipper type. Like, I didn't do any mischief, really. I just, like, went to school. Um, I had several different ways of getting out of it. One was just don't go to the bus stop. A second one was walk to the bus stop, wait for mom to leave for work, and then return to the house. Third one, go to the bus stop, get on the bus, get driven to school. When you get off the bus at school, walk home because it was only like a couple miles. So there were three ways that I had the opportunity to do that, and I took most of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you got to mix it up. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was my end of trivia. Uh, do you have a trivia question for me? Or? I do have a trivia question sweet, for you. Sweet, sweet. Um, I had to do a little bit of research because I wanted to make sure that my information was actual, you know, facts. So mm-hmm. uh, forgive me because I, I was on my phone earlier. But yeah. um, we were at a store today called the Center of Creative Reuse. We were. Which is, right, which is attached right there next to uh, Construction Junction and where they have the bike repair shop. And... There are rumors about how that shop actually started, and Ooh, this I is cool. I wanted to um, I wanted to go ahead and dispel some of those rumors and lay out a couple of capital T truths. Okay. Um, I w- and that was the first time I was at the Creative Reuse building here oh, really? where we live in Pittsburgh. It was it's- my first time, and you said you've been collecting different stamps and everything for the projects you've been working on. So you were like, "Hey, check this place out." I wanted to be sure that that other people who are making music, especially young people and kids who want to like make make a go of being in a punk band, that you don't have to have a lot of money and you don't have to have a big fancy record label or a manager or agent. All you have to have is a little bit of creativity and a can-do attitude. And I wanted to show that you could make super cool stop-motion music videos for less than $50. So I've been going there to the Center of Creative Reuse, buying all this material that has been recycled and reused and reloved and repurposed to make these music videos. And we're shooting it on a crappy $10 camera that we got for the at the exchange. That's so, so like, cool. It's super-duper It's <laughs> super so duper cool. fun. And I got yeah. some stamps and some paper and some cassette tapes and there today. And you've been like, sort of like teaching yourself a lot about... Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And like I'm still not good at it, but it's still fun. Mm-hmm. And I think once I get really good at it, and it sounds like more of a job than it is like a fun, creative thing, I'll probably be tired of it, and I shouldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So like whatever I make during this time, I think is going to be probably the extent of my music video of this type of like mm-hmm. creation of this, of this, yeah, yeah, of this variety, I um, guess. But the center of creative use, you walk in there, and there's just like a whole ocean's worth of like very unique, weird, artsy craft things. There's three thousand glue sticks. There's a whole marker section. There's you can buy old typeset. You can old buy trophies. There's old, old trophies. I mean, a whole a whole wall of trophies, VHS cassette tapes, broken CD cases, leather patches from an old furniture store, mm-hmm. straws, literally unbroken everything you can think CD of. cases. Yeah, <laughs> unbroken, brand new ones. We almost bought Offspring Americana there for a nickel yeah, today. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's so many wonderful things you can buy, but, um, how did it get there and how did it get started? Mm-hmm. Center of Creative Reuse is a place that we love and there's, there's four answers to what possibly could have happened. Okay. The first answer is a, is that the Andy Warhol museum had a, a huge surplus of leftover craft material okay. that they weren't going to use anymore and they had to get rid of it somehow and they were storing it there and they turned it into a store just like in time. Like okay, people came so, in there yeah. and they knew like for teachers and stuff, they knew that there was a resource. Like if you were an inner city school teacher and you needed to go ahead and get some materials on the cheap or on the low, you can go there you and it was like there. a resource or whatever. Okay. That's, that's option number okay. one. Okay. So that's 
pretty believable. Okay. Option number two is that uh, when Office Max went bankrupt, they had whole warehouses filled with craft material that they were just going to put into the landfill. And the person who owns that store, who happens to be a rich, a richy rich, um, bought all the materials from the Office Depot and the Office Max and have just been selling it for years. Oh. Like there's so much of it left mm-hmm. over. They've literally been so, selling it forever. So much surplus that, mm-hmm. and then also people like, you know, bring stuff there as well too. And See, they, they, these keep are it, very they keep it. Good. Per, they keep it. They keep it going because people were able to go ahead and give in donations. Um, yeah. So those are both very good. Okay. The third one is that whenever the Pittsburgh schools would start to close up, they would have all this leftover craft material from the art department, and that's how it got started as well. I hope it's not that one, but I could see that one too because there's a lot of Pittsburgh schools that are like cutting arts programs, and and you got kids like we found out in our Goosebump books that just care about sports. They just want to go ahead and kick you know kick a soccer ball around or like catch a tennis or you know? like swim through mud with alligators in it and maybe get eaten and probably get eaten mm-hmm. okay um, so that that could be one as well and and d is uh none of the above none of those that means i made all three of them up all three of them up if you made all three of them up i applaud you because they're all pretty believable so option a andy warhol museum teachers involved option b Okay, so that's sort of option B was the Office Depot. Office Depot. Uh huh. And C was that's where things collected after, unfortunately, some programs were shut down and teachers would go there. Yeah. Or D, none of these. Now, I'm thinking at least a couple of these are the backstory to something. If they're not, they probably are. That's great. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm going to go. Wait, dang, I'm I'm unsure. I think I'm gonna go with B, the Office Depot stuff. I'm gonna go B, Office Depot surplus, and then you know people come in with donations, stuff like that. B, final answer. That's how that started. Survey says the answer is D. I made all three of them. What? You I made did. all three of them up? I've been working on my short storytelling skills, and I just wanted to go ahead and go for it on your show selfishly. <sighs> And once you said multiple choice question, I said, this is a perfect opportunity for me to go ahead and do a little Choose your own adventure. I wanted to choose my own adventure. We were doing the R.L. Stein thing. I thought it was great. Oh, you burned me. I did. I burned you so a little bit. So all three of those are nothing. I just made them up just now. Shit. I know. So, because sometimes, like, some of the goofy answers that I think of, well, not that I think of, they're actually something, but they're not pertinent to this. Um, like, ex- like example, I had like the, the wacky Waldhorn or whatever. That was the option R.L. Stein. And that's actually a person. That's somebody who did it. But I was like, jovial Bob was the answer. So I'm like, I got to cover it up with something that does that. You just said, all of these are nothing. Got you on D. So you got me again. I'm, s- I feel like we got each other. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're going to, uh, um, go out there and uh, buy uh, Derek uh, a, a van. Here's a here's a question for you that just came up. Yes. I guess I would have to drive because then you drive the van back. Correct. That's cool. So we're going to have one car and make it into two cars. And then we'll come back here and gather all this equipment. Yeah, yeah. That could be fun. 
And um, so, yeah, before we uh, send everything out, is there any, like, last-minute plugs or anything you want to get in before we say goodbye? August 24th, Mr. Small's Theater, the Homeless Gospel Choir, will be playing our very first live full band show ever. It's going to be super exciting, and I hope that you can make it. It is all ages. It starts at 7 o'clock. Um, and then um, in October, I'm going out uh, uh, with Ramona in the Northeast, and then all of November out with Harley Poe. So keep your eyes on the internet, and you'll know all about those shows. And if you're uh, anywhere in the United States, I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm. And and Harley Poe is uh, definitely an artist for years that I've always like respected their work and stuff like that. And it's uh, um, it's always like pretty visceral stuff too. It's very in your face. So I think it's a it's a good. Uh, set up for you so yeah check out the homeless gospel choir touring in a city near you uh, quick shout out to uh, bluffs bluffs.bandcamp.com for alternate reality the theme to our show for many reasons shout out to our sponsor commonwealth press commonwealth press cwpress.com um, they print shirts they print banners um, they print stickers uh, we actually got our thrifty stickers. We, we re-upped with them and got some thrifty stickers from them. Business cards thrifty is coming your way too. But cwpress.com, use promo code thrifty, and with an order of 50 shirts, you get 12 shirts for free. So I think that wraps everything up for here. And, uh, yeah, so when I, I throw this up on Sunday, if you just want to, like, share it for people listening, if you're new Share it on your page. Get everything started. Again, uh, I'm very honored and very touched that I got a, a lot of votes for Best Podcast in Pittsburgh. And very well-deserved, if I can go ahead and say that. I yeah, hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope. Yeah. I hope. But, uh, but congratulations to the other shows that uh, other podcasts that got awards as well. And, you know, congrats to the Best of Pittsburgh. And for everybody else, get roached.